Welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 68. This is our 2019 Masters Preview Show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System. And with me, we have European Tour expert Paul Williams and returning resident podcast pundit, that's a mouthful, Barry O'Hanrahan. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Afternoon, guys. All right, guys. Afternoon. How are we all? Very good. Freezing. Very good. <laughs> After your um, few months in uh, Dubai, Barry, I expect it's uh, it feels like the Arctic back over in Ireland now, doesn't it? I'm wearing every bit of clothing I own. It's uh, yeah, I le- left Dubai on Sunday. It was 36 uh, degrees Celsius for those of listening in the Fahrenheit world, and here today it feels about one or two. So uh, not not great. <laughs> I think they call it cold shock. Yeah. Which uh, let's oh, let's hope dear. our bets don't suffer from that. Yeah. No, no, they usually do. Could do with some hot bets, couldn't we? Uh, GolfBettingSystem.co.uk is our website. Naturally, we're available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the podcast description box. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Bamford Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. Look out for the uh, Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. That will be out next week for the Masters. This podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Audioboom and a myriad of different pod channels. It's also carried on the Golf Betting System YouTube channel. Naturally, subscribe and follow the podcast. Now, please take time to rate and review us on iTunes and naturally, I will read them out at the start of next week's Masters Show. So the biggest podcast of the uh, of the year for us. If you want to have your say and leave your name in the review, we can read it out in the podcast. So just definitely leave your name in the review and then we, uh, we'll read out uh, your feedback next week. Our actual pick show, episode 69, will be out on Tuesday the 9th of April. Yep, and we're planning to do a uh, DraftKings show we are. Um, just to uh, cover the different angles of DraftKings and some some lineup thoughts and uh, pick out a little bit of value I think at the different tiers and that should be out I guess that'll be either late Tuesday or probably more likely Wednesday morning next week I thought. Yeah a little slightly less time pressure on the DraftKings side because clearly if you've got a player whose price is being slashed but with DraftKings it's often better just to Get yourself in the game and wait for conditions and the like, isn't it, to, to finalise yeah. your team? Yeah, it is. And, of course, we've got the Millionaire Maker, um, or Fantasy Golf Millionaire, as it's called nowadays on DraftKings, to get stuck into next week, which should be very exciting. If, um, do you want to highlight uh, the DraftKings side of things to the listeners for, mm. for Golf Betting System? I know yeah. we've got a couple of leagues, and if, if you're new to DraftKings, we've got a sign-up offer available as well. Yeah, of course. Um, so obviously you can join the the big public contests, but we run a weekly uh, or a series of weekly contests um, that are just for GBS listeners or members of the Facebook group or followers on Twitter. Um, and for the Masters, we'll run a series of $3, $10. And last year we did a $20 winner-takes-all contest, um, which was quite exciting as well. So um, we'll do a, a series of different 
and priced entry points um, and um, come along and join the uh, join the league and you'll get invites to that and all the subsequent uh, events or contests that we set up over the uh, over the rest of the season. Um, as you say, if you're new to DraftKings, and we'll stick a uh, stick a link to this in the Podbean description or the podcast description, yeah. um, then you get a free entry into a three dollar contest of your choice when you make a minimum deposit of five pound, five euros, five dollars, whichever you, whichever currency you're dealing in, um, and then you can have a have a go for free. So uh, so yeah, it's great fun actually. I really get um, I get a lot of enjoyment out of playing DraftKings. I must say it's a staple part of my weekly staking plan now. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm going to get some, involved some, some next success. week as well. I haven't, I, haven't, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't had a play on DraftKings for a couple of weeks. So uh, come and beat us. Uh, come and beat us uh, at the mm. Golf Betting System Leagues. I also want to highlight 2019 Golf Majors competition sponsored by Bet365. We have a total of £250 in prizes up for grabs. Following on from the success of the last seven Golf Betting System Major competitions, Bet365 have kindly offered to sponsor the 2019 edition with a massive 250 cash prize fund. Our 2019 winner will receive £150, or currency equivalent, in cash with additional 75 and 25 prizes for second and third place finishers. Um, lots of different ways of entry, but the format is basically we want to uh, want you to pick a single player for each of the four majors any time before the start of the 2019 Masters and get those four names entered into the competition by one of the methods detailed below, which can be Facebook, Twitter, or email. I'll put a link through in the description box of the podcast to the uh, terms and conditions and ways of entry. But effectively, four different players for the four majors, and uh, we, to- we tot up the uh, the cash made for- by, uh, by your players across the four majors, and the highest dollar earners... Uh, will or oh, the three players that uh, or three entries that uh, get the highest dollar earnings will receive those cash prizes. Always an yeah. interesting one. I always leave it till quite late on, and uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be you know I'll be selecting Dustin Johnson for the U.S. Open, and there's 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 a it's it's flexible in terms of the logic that you can throw at it. Yeah, it is. It's 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 always a very popular. As you said, it's a popular um, competition we run. We usually get about five hundred or so entries, so it'd be nice to smash through that uh, this year. But uh, yeah, as you say, pick four different players. It's one and done, so you can you can't pick the same player yeah. for all four majors. We did have an entry the other day for Rory McIlroy across all four, didn't we? Which we had to kind of bat back. So you haven't really, got yeah. the, you haven't got the idea here. No, no, you're not. You're not going to win if you do that because even if he wins the Masters, you're not going to score anything for the three subsequent um, yeah. events, regardless of what he does. But um, it does make you think, and uh, as you say, it's all totted up based on the dollar earnings for each of the four respective majors of the four players that you put down. Um, and we keep a little uh, tally of the leaderboard over the course of the season, and um, at the end of the well, it would be the end of the Open Championship this year, wouldn't it? With the uh, the rejig schedule, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we'll be able to announce the winner at the back end of July this year. You can enter that. There. Yeah, you can enter that on Facebook via our Golf Betting System Facebook group. Again, there's a link in the description box to that. You can you can also enter via Twitter and via email. But I will put a link through to the competition rules and way and uh, entry 
page so you can uh, you can cast your eyes over that. But yeah, please enter, and I'm sure uh, Barry will be entering. He does every year, didn't you, Barry? I do, yeah, with uh, massive uh, optimism, uh, usually followed by, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you've come relatively close to winning in the past, I recall. Didn't you finish kind of fifth or sixth? Oh, you're flattering me. I, I Yeah, I, I may have, but like, if you're not winning, you're not winning. It doesn't really matter no. where you come at that stage. So uh, it is, it's a fun one to, to, to go uh, to enter. Uh, it takes a couple of minutes or a little bit longer when you're, um, I don't know, lost in the lost in the picks for all the different tournaments so but it, it is a bit of a finger in the air job uh, at the start of the season because you know we're still what nearly th- three months away from the open championship so how do, yeah. how do we know how anybody's going to be playing then but uh you know for a free competition with prizes on offer how can you go wrong yeah and it certainly stokes the interest um in terms of putting forward uh you know ackers for all four majors and we tend to see a lot of uh, screenshots of people who've uh, taken their four picks and uh, and stuck them in a Yankee or stuck them in a stuck them in an accumulator to see if they can they can make their millions by uh, getting all four major winners. As a golf, yeah, as a golf punter, I think you should be obligated to back those four in an ACA. <laughs> oh, you'd be distraught, wouldn't you, if you yeah. uh, you, you won the top prize and uh, you you know for a pound each way <laughs> accumulated and made yourself a million pound or whatever. Yeah. Busted the uh, maximum payout of your bookmaker. To uh... I think I think that's the nap tip for the week from the show is uh, when you enter the competition, back it as an accumulator. You know, yeah, exactly. Even if even if it's a quid each way, just yeah. to get it get it on there just in case. Definitely, we, we did our anti post uh, review back in episode sixty, so uh, listeners can review review uh, or refer to that. Uh, that particular show, God, it was well over an hour, wasn't it? And uh, we went mm. into some, some real deep analysis on the golf course. Um, we, went on, we went into a lot of views in terms of uh, the kind of trends and key statistics that you'd want to be looking at for this uh, for the Masters. We also went into a bit of depth about what we thought or who play, what players might offer a little bit of anti-post value back then. Um, I suppose Did, first we didn't question, really reach any massive conclusions know, on that on that no, angle, didn't. though. There wasn't too much. Uh, the, the bookies no. were actually terrible back then, weren't they, for their anti-post? Yeah. I don't think. I'm not sure much has changed, Barry. To be honest, fair shave. They haven't really improved, have they? I mean, looking at the markets now, you know, all you tend to see at this time of year is a player plays well and their price gets locked by. 10 20 30 percent and uh, nothing else really gets pushed out mm-hmm. until we get to probably sunday um, and definitely monday of next week when the bookies will start forming their final books rather than these anti-post books that have been around for a while and coral are the only one who've put together what you could argue is they're going to be their final book because they're the ones who have shifted to 10 places each way um, a fifth of the odds as of uh monday i believe it was this week yeah um, so you're getting a view then of what their odds are going to be like. But going back to this point last year, and we we did our preview show, or kind of our pre-preview show, um, this kind of time last year, and I remember back, there were a couple of bookies who'd already shifted to 10 each way, and there were a number who'd already gone to 8 each way by this point in the... Uh, this point in the week before um, and it hasn't happened this week or this year it's um, it's all a bit slow perhaps it's the Grand National being this Saturday has uh, taken the bookies eye off the ball this year 
Interesting to see what actually happens over the next uh, next few days before the weekend, and then of course next weekend, you know, oh next week it's gonna it's gonna all kick off um, with some pace on Monday, actually. What have you made of recent tournaments in terms of winners and losers and players that are, have caught your eye and players that you had an eye on? You know, back at the back in episode sixty, and actually you haven't been liking what you've been seeing of recent times. Any names jump into front of mind for you two chaps? The of players that you were very interested in, and now you're thinking far better of it, and and vice versa. There's, there's players who really aren't showing any kind of form whatsoever at the moment. I mean, Jordan Spieth, who's got a fantastic record here. Um, and I guess back when we recorded the original one, we were all anticipating that perhaps he'd start to find some form. And because he was, um, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure he was favourite back in the time when we when we recorded. Yeah, the he was. Show. I think he was joint favourite, like a t- mm. ten or eleven to one. And now the biggest price I'm seeing with Unibet is twenty fives. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's gradually drifted out, but he's been showing absolutely nothing, has he? Um, whereas you've got players like Francesco Molinari, who's kind of putting himself in as a, you know, establishing himself as a proper elite player, you know, he's the open champion. So you could argue that he's already there, but, uh, you know, he's proven that that wasn't just a flash in the pan, that um, he's quite capable of winning um, big events with some kind of regularity. And um, he's into 22 to 1 now, isn't he? So, you know, he's, he's shown some form. I wonder about speed though. I think there's, I think there's a lot more kind of going on behind the scenes that we're not getting access to um, in terms of his game prep. You know, last week wasn't, you know, there's the the signs that the putting is coming along okay. He, you know, he's, work, he's clearly going to be working on his game, like grinding really hard. I think this week is, will be interesting. I think um, I, I kind of see him at least kind of top 20 this week. He'll really mm. be trying to sharpen himself up. So, uh I don't know. It, it could be a case of Thursday, you know, Thursday night come midnight our time. Uh, you were looking at speed and going, "Oh my god, twenties was outrageous value." Yeah, his his record here is so good, isn't it? It's. You, you, I don't think you can just write him off off the back of it, but um, it's going to take some monumental shift in terms of his form. Mm. I, I guess we'll probably know by the end of Thursday because. He's been the first round leader for three of the last five years that he's played, mm-hmm. um, and generally when he's started well, um, you know he's he's got on to finish very very close. I mean the only year he didn't start particularly well was twenty seventeen. He was forty first after the first round after shooting seventy five, and, and still came through and finished eleventh. I mean he was fourth going into Sunday, and you know he's had a chance to win. Each of the five times that he's turned up here, he's you know clearly absolutely loves the place. Yeah, it's kind of like that Brendan Steele kind of thing. Can have like twenty eight missed cuts in a row, goes to a place he's had success before, and all of a sudden his swing comes back to him. So, uh, yeah, I think I think that is going to be well, unless evidence starts to prove otherwise. It seems to be the case for Spieth. Um, I had a couple that I had had kind of on the shortlist, I guess, long, you know, long term shortlist for this uh, for the Masters and. One was uh, Bryson, and he just seems to have gone uh, off the boil completely recently, and 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 as such has got booted off my shortlist for next week. Um, mm. Tony Finau, I was very interested in, but he's kind of fizzled and spluttered a little bit the last uh, couple of months. So 
Nothing's really yeah. screaming to to keep an eye on Tony. There's no, no top tens at all for Tony this year so far. It's uh, it's been a pretty barren uh, year for him. 2019's not been great, and he you know uh, given how he performed last year, um, and you know we we saw the injury that he had with his ankle in the par three contest, and he still finished top ten for the the competition, hobbling around, and um, by Sunday night, you know. It, Suggest that a fully fit Tony Finnell could do, you know, he's, he's got a real stab at winning this. Mm. But, um, it's just not shown the kind of form that you'd you'd want to get involved with. That thing. Well, let's just just with a caveat to that, like his form that we referenced so warmly, all these top tens he was knocking in, they're not wins, mm. and you know sometimes you need that kind of. Uh, like not top ten form, and then you just pop your head up and grab a win. So. You know, I'm not saying he's he's angling to do that, but it uh, it's all about pulling it together. You know, all at once in the one week. Um, he he had a you know beautiful run of consistency last year. Um, maybe to be inconsistent and just pop up at the right time with a really hot week is uh, the way to do it, and for him to get more mm-hmm. wins. Um, yeah, but, but right he now in, he appeared in the Faherty show out in um, the states last week. And um, he, I think the main theme that came from that was he's so, what's the word? Um, his outlook on life, the way he was brought up in Utah, the, you know, he was, um, he was his older brother was supposedly going to be a golf star and it turned out that it was actually Tony that became the star. And he's very um, appreciative of where he finds himself in professional golf. And he, I think he still has issues in terms of feeling he doesn't belong with the elite players that he actually can match and play with, and that it's may not come the kind of block you need that... when you're going to try. No, uh... this is it. This is it. This is this is it. This is maybe the block that he's got when it comes to actually getting over the line, because mm-hmm. he's thinking in his mind that actually, you know, if I'm in a head-to-head with Justin Rose or I'm in a head-to-head with any player, they're you know I shouldn't really be here. They're better than me, and eventually they they beat me. And they do. Yeah, or you kind of self-destruct, talk yourself out of the wind, don't you? That that came across on the Fairty show, definitely. He's a very, very soft-spoken, nice individual. He doesn't appear to have that killer instinct at the moment. doesn't mean he doesn't go and win a whole host of tournaments when it clicks, because he's clearly got the game. Mm. But yeah, that was just one, one point that came from that, I thought. Any, any, other, any other guys that you kind of uh, had, I don't know, penciled in? A few weeks back, but now have just fallen off the radar. Or um, I was interested in DEC, um, but his his whole tee to green game, which is his bread and butter, has annihilated. It's just fallen apart. Mm. And I'm seeing, seeing Paddy Power still got him up at eighteen to one. I just think that's ridiculous. Uh, Unibet have got him up at thirty threes, which at the moment is more kind of where you'd have him in my mind. I was also sneakily, as I always do, looking at Jason Day for this, and then he uh, withdrew. Was it the Bay Hill one? He withdrew after five holes. Um, then he, yeah, then, he then he turned he turned up at the players and was contending, and then shot a a, a bad final round when uh, Rory won. He just and he he seems to be very inconsistent at the moment as well. Jason Day. Mm. Mm. I think Matt, a lot of people are going to back Matsuama. Um, his numbers are always excellent. He, he's just his putting at the moment is just woeful. 
Yeah, although it's not a putting contest, is it? No, yeah, but you don't, you don't want to be three putting on every green, do you? That's, that's, oh, no, no, that's, you got that's no, the no, trouble. Mate. No, you, 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 you're never going to win, are you? Um, you? Yeah, you need to have some confidence with the flat stick, I you, think. You've got to be making those four to five footers, haven't you? Mm. Or six footers on fast bent grass greens downhill. And you, you just get the feeling with Matsuama at the moment, he, he probably wouldn't even be in the hole from about five feet on some of these parts. No. A couple of the uh, the players who've won around here quite recently, um, Phil Mickelson and uh, Bubba Watson, and both of them showed some form earlier this year. And both of them have gone off the boil a little bit. Um, and you're getting 50 to 1 with Mickelson at the moment, 40 to 1's available with uh, with Unibet for... Uh, for Bubba Watson at the moment. And I must say, both of those are quite attractive if those players can find some of the best form on what's, you know, the, the, the track that they've performed, you know, produced some of their very, very best golf over the career um, at over the years. Um, you put you put Bubba up the other week because he played very well at Valspar, didn't he? But then he was defending yeah. his match play and he didn't defend it very well. So... You could almost write that off to a certain extent. You know, the, ma- the match to, play is yeah. a funny beast, isn't it? It is, yeah. I, and he was defending as well. But, uh, you know, from what I saw, he got himself into a position to win his first match and um, it kind of threw it away over the final few holes. And um, I think mentally, a lot of the players, if they lose their first match at the match play, even with this round-robin format, they kind of think, well, that's it, I'm out. Um, I mean, Kevin Kisner completely disproved that because he lost his first match to to Ian Poulter, um, and then still went on to win the win the whole thing. But um, I think uh, a lot of them, you know, if it doesn't happen on the on the Wednesday the, the match play, that's it. They kind of toys out of the pram, and I, I, I put uh, put Bubba in that bracket. Well, I but yeah, I had a speaking of that, like I had a pretty juicy bet on Usain uh, last week, and as soon as I saw he lost his first round match, I went, oh, that's it, that bet's done. Mm. And didn't really pay too much attention to it. And then next thing you know, he's uh, he's into the knockouts and yeah. uh, into the quarterfinals. I'm thinking, oh great, he's got a chance. And I think he had uh, he was it was Kisner he was playing. I think he ha- he had him um, in a good spot at one stage. And uh, it just Kisner just you know came on through and won, which was annoying because I was about to get my each way money on Usti if he got through to the semifinals. So um, yeah, but he he's one that's kind of seems to have. Um, put his hand up in the last few weeks. I'm just thinking that angle and what players have, you know, kind of come to the fore in the last few weeks. And Usti is one of those. And you see him across the board at 40 to one. In- interesting enough uh, to consider for Augusta. Yeah, he's, he's a tough one. Because whenever I consider backing him, he tends to have a problem with his, uh, with his back, with his, yeah. some kind of injury. Um but he's, you know, he's played six out of the last seven weeks, um, and he's contended in the last couple. So it would kind of suggest that he's um, in some decent uh, health at the moment, which is uh, which is one big tick for for backing Louis Oosthuizen. But yeah, oh, we, you know, we've seen it. Didn't we? Where was he second to? Was that the Adam? Adam's, no, no, it was Bubba Watson, wasn't he? He lost to uh, mm. lost to Bubba in the uh, in the playoff, didn't he? Um, back in what year was that? Two thousand and twelve, I'm going to say. Yeah, twenty twelve. The, the miracle shot from Bubba. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. That was the year we got to an albatross, wasn't it? On the uh, yeah. on the par five. But, I think uh, the thing yeah. with Louis in my mind is. 
he's the kind of guy that I would never back at the Valspar Championship because he just cannot be asked half the time on these PGA Tour events. They just do not interest mm. him. But his record in major championships is phenomenal. He's an enigma. There we go. He's, he's brought us all to silence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Difficult one. I, 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 I mean, this, as, as you guys will know, there's so much talk on Twitter and um, on social media about the, the, the Masters at the moment. Um, I don't know if you guys have picked up anything useful, but I, I saw a tweet from a guy called Finian McKenna yesterday, which went through some of the trends for um, winners over the last 10, 20 years. Um, and there's some interesting stuff on there. I'll just read through a few of them because it might kind of help narrow down some of these thought processes. If you go back to the last 10 years, the average age of the winner has been 32. Um, I know you've picked up on the age um, kind of point before, Barry, in uh, some of your old podcasts, I seem to recall. Um, The average OWGR ranking was 19th. Um, They'd played an average of seven Masters prior to winning. Um, Their best finish was an average of 13th. The best round was an average of 68th. Um, their best season result was an average of third, and their last win came an average seven months ago, and they had won on average one previous major. So when you're kind of working through the the players, there's you know particularly with the age thing, um, you know there's a lot of people who you know, like me might be considering someone like Phil Mickelson, but you know potentially um, you know doesn't fit into that age bracket where where you where you're gonna kind of dig out the uh, Dig out the winner, I don't think. I, if you looked at that age bracket for the Open Championship, it would be older than that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It'd be, you've it, had a lot of 40-plus winners of the Open. Mm. I think a, a, an Open um, requires a different level of um, golf experience and wider golf experience to, to master, particularly when it's a, a tough event and uh, you know there's, there's conditions and situations to try and um, try and overcome you know go back to Darren Clark's win you know that 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 was a, a real casing point when it's you know the horrible conditions you're going to get a player who can uh, who can mentally manage their way through that the masters is a bit different because it tends to be quite consistent doesn't it in terms of how it plays and how difficult it is it doesn't vary that much um, everyone knows the course. Everyone, you know, seen the course. You know, if not played it from a player perspective, they've seen it on TV countless times. So, um, I think it, it kind of gives it, it. You end up with a different kind of winner out of the out of the back of that. And go some of the other trends you put up there. Fourteen and so fourteen of the last twenty winners were in the top twenty of the OWGR when they won. They were aged thirty four or under, so the fourteen of the last twenty. Um, and they'd played an average of four, or they'd played at least four ma- uh, Masters tournaments over the years. So, you know, we, we often talked about the um, uh, debutants struggling here. And I guess that's, uh, you know, with the exception of jo- uh, Jordan Spieth, you know, you, you don't tend to get um, debutants who really get himself in with a chance of winning. You'll go back to Fuzzy Zeller, I think, haven't you, for the last debutant winner of the Masters? Mm. Oh, fuzzy. Lots. He always comes up on mm. those statistics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's about the only time he gets mentioned nowadays, I guess. Hmm. What, what age is Paul Casey? And and no, I'm not going there again. Yeah, I vaguely recall you, uh, you backed him last year, didn't you? Vaguely recall. 
Pukaisen. Oh, you two never let me forget it. <laughs> I, I, I know of various uh, people out there that are going to actually back him again this week as well. Mm. Good job. Can they just please send the money to us? <laughs> Casey's 41 now. Looking wow. good for 41. Looking good for 41. Oh, yeah. Week, isn't it? I can't. He's uh, to be fair. He was. I tipped him at eighteen to one last year. My God, that's one of the biggest <laughs> mistakes of my life. <laughs> dear oh dear. Um, you know uh, going t- back to Bubba Watson and Bubba's mm. form. When he won this in twenty twelve, he'd had three top ten finishes, and you get the feeling with Bubba, he's he's kind of he's kind of brick on the back of the head. Obvious when he's going to do things. Fifth, yeah. fifth in Scottsdale, second in the WGC that year in Doral, and he was fourth at Bay Hill. When he won it in 2014, he'd won at Riviera. Well, he does that every year. But yeah. Second in Scottsdale, second again in that WGC at Doral. He, he's not a, he's not anywhere at that kind of level at the moment, is he? No. And even last year, he got in the places at 16 to one. Believe it or not. And he'd already had a he'd already had two wins, and he? he'd won the world match play, and he'd won at Riviera. Yeah. yeah so if there was yeah. a year he was going to win it, it was probably last year. Yeah, although you know, as you say, if you can disregard the um, the performance at the match play, and I think that there are some mitigating circumstances there, and um, then fourth place at the Valspar prior to that, um, that's not bad for them. It's not. But prior to that, well, there hasn't been a great deal. I mean, did I see, no fourth in Phoenix? Yeah, that's. Did I see him at hundred and some odd in bogey avoidance this season? Yeah, there's some aspects of his game that haven't quite uh, aren't quite there. Hundred and fourth. Generally, you want to see Bubba um, absolutely smashing every single green in regulation um, or there or thereabouts, and then you can you can infer that his game's mm. you know in a backable kind of state. It's. Um, 104th in bogey avoidance and par 4 birdie or better my absolute uh, go to 151st it's not Mm. it's not selling it to me an interest you look at him first in 2012 first in 2014 fifth in 2018 he doesn't do odd numbers no (laughs) so yeah I don't think Bubba's going to be on my tip list it has to be said and uh, believe me if I could have seen something I would have done Mm. Well, I put uh, I put a poll out on the Facebook group earlier just to uh, just to get a view of um, single question: Who is going to? Regardless, regardless of price, who's going to win the Masters? And Bubba was the one, two, three, four, five. He was the ninth most popular pick, so quite a way down. Even given his um, him given his record here, um, that was uh, clearly people aren't uh, aren't siding with him. Who do you think was the very top of that uh, that poll? You was three player, three players tied at the top. Actually. Well, Rory McIlroy will be one. Yeah. Tiger. Justin Rose. Rory McIlroy, Justin Rose, and one other. Not Tiger Woods. <laughs> no, no, Tiger's a little bit further down, not far down. Justin Thomas. No, not a great deal of love for JT, actually. No, it was uh, Francesco Molinari was the oh. third person um, 
to be picked to uh, from all of our um, Facebook group readers. So Rory McIlroy, Justin Rose, Francesco Molinari tied at the top as of right now. I'm just looking at the uh, poll live. Uh, John Rahm, then Tiger Woods, Louis Oosthuizen, as you said, Barry, um, he's the sixth most popular pick right now. Tommy Fleetwood, Bryson, and then Bubba. No sight. You have to go quite a long way down before people start voting for Jordan Spieth. He is a long way down that list. As is Ricky Fowler, which is quite surprising, actually. Do you back in Ricky this year, then, Barry? I don't know. I'm going to try watch as much as I can this week and just see what he's doing. Mm. Um, I mean, if he's... A, at this stage, he's got to be singularly focused on winning majors and... This week has to be treated as just a pure warm-up exercise. You know, maybe finish top 30, some good signs. Don't try, you know, don't get too involved in the tournament. Just try see the right things in his swing. So I have to keep an eye on that. Um, and he's in, just he's just short, you know, 20, In this 22's. week's podcast, I said, to, I said to Paul, do you know the market to back Fowler in this week, first-round leader? Because I've got a horrible feeling he's going to destroy his price completely by going out there and shooting like 65 in the first round and being leader or joint leader. And then mm. slowly but surely, they'll, he'll just dis, he'll just disappear off the top of the leaderboard. Finish fifth or something, and people go, oh, that Ricky Fowler, he can't convert wins. Terrible, mm. terrible play, can't convert. That's just what Ricky tends to do. I'd rather he do what you said, actually, just have a nice quiet thirty, 25th or something like that. Mm. It'll uh, and, it'll be hard and destroy whatever value there is in twenty two to one. That'll be sixteen to one by Monday morning, and that's a big problem. Yeah, so it'll be hard for me to not back him. I do. I have a list of three at the moment. Um, I'm trying to what, trying to what, try to what what are your views on Ricky winning a maid? Do you just think it's a matter of time? Are you a, are you a genuine truther <laughs> with a tinfoil hat? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, I was on him last year, and how could you not like what he did on the Sunday? Oh, yeah. Very you impressive. know, he charged, like, a premium bull and, you know, set a target. And, you know, Patrick Reed, you know, parred the last four holes, albeit he had a nice break on uh, 17 when the ball smashed into the pin and stopped it going off the green. But you mm-hmm. need, you know, you need these little things to go for you when you're going to win a tournament, you know, or you just can't get unlucky. And um, you know that was that was the difference between a, a playoff or maybe even an outright win for Ricky. So, um, do you know what yeah. price he was last year? I think I I think I was on him at twenty fives. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I've recorded him twenty five to one. Yeah. So uh, that that kind of sucked. <laughs> so, but then again, I more more so from a fan point of view because I also happened to have Patrick Reed backed, so I was in a pretty mm. decent spot. So it was more just cheer. It was kind of uh, one of those rare situations where I was actually able to just cheer for the player I liked rather than cheering for my bet. So, well, the only um, thing you were you were you had a voodoo doll for Jordan Spieth, I take it. Yeah. Well, I didn't re- see. The thing was, my my upside on Ricky was a bit bigger than Patrick Reed, so that that really helped me cheer. <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be hard. I mean, my my big fancy this year is uh, is Rory um but that is just devastating that his price is at best 7 to 1 he's so short isn't he but he's you know this sets up this this year sets up as such a 
massive opportunity. You've seen him kind of being on the brink of some great form um, and then clearly got the win, um, you know, and a big win at that at, uh, at Sawgrass. And um, it's got to be great preparation for this. And you know, quite rightly, he's been put in his favour and quite rightly he's been cut. Seven to one. You know, what what can we expect that to turn turn into next next week when the bookies put their final books out? Yeah. Are they gonna get close to ten to one for him? I don't know. It's uh that's that's really I mean, but all all the key stats for mm. that we you know, that you guys have identified from over the years at Augusta, like distance to apex, uh par four scoring, par four birdie or better, going for the green. I mean, add into that, you know, Rory's brilliant across those stats. Adding, add into that that he's actually putting okay this season. It's a lethal combination for Augusta. Yeah. Um, so it's just so hard to. I mean, give me a choice now between Ricky at seven and Dustin Johnson at tens. Uh, or sorry, not Ricky, Rory at sevens and Dusty at tens. I'm taking Rory. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's got a better chance of winning. You know, and it's it's funny looking down the list there. You've got Tiger. Tiger's doing a lot of good stuff. Is he worth the bet? He could well be. I, I expect him to top 10. Um, but like people, like just the next few, Justin Rose, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Ricky Fowler. There's been some, you know, flashes of good stuff from them, but nobody's really... Rahm has probably been the one that's kind of poked his head up the, the most, I'd say, this season. Mm. Um, on 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 a more regular uh, you know on a more regular basis, but uh, you know Brooks Kepka, you know you're going down again. Molinari obviously in great form, can't dispute his claims for it. Speed, speed, we've done speed already. Casey, not not touching that uh, with your money. Um, Brooks Kepka's gone off the boil. Tommy Fleetwood seems to be kind of flopping around a little bit. Bryson's gone. Mm. Jason Day's injured on and off and inconsistent. Hideki putting. Bubba Watson gone, <laughs> you know. So well, you could, you could. It's as opposed to like other years. This feels like a year I can start kind of knocking off a lot of those big names. That's just my own feelings on it, um, and maybe kind of that's maybe I'm making the case for this because I have a couple of fancies that are a bit further outside or the the sixty and eighty to one uh, zone. So maybe that's why I'm knocking off these big names or, or making reasons that the, I shouldn't back them. But I'm seeing holes in a lot of games. But yeah. but linking into that, I'll just read these out. I mean, people that listen to episode sixty, I I'll recap. Reed fifty five to one. Garcia forty five to one. Willett sixty sixes. Jordan Spieth was twelve to one in twenty fifteen. But Watson twenty eight to one twenty fourteen. Scott twenty eights. Watson fifty fives. Charles Fartzel ninety to one. Knocking off big names doesn't seem to be a bad spot to be in, Baron. Based upon those winning prices and where those players were in the betting market the year they won, mm. I don't think it's a bad thing to do. I think if you could get if you could get ten to one against Rory McIlroy with ten places each. Oh no, I'm living in dream world. <laughs> ten to ten to one with ten places each way. If you look at his current form: fifth, fourth, second, sixth, first, ninth. His last five attempts at Augusta: eighth, fourth, tenth, seventh, fifth. Yeah. You just- but put all the money on them, you know. Absolutely. If you could get ten to one, ten places each way, yeah. um, then it would just be a, an all-in job, I think. And if he gets a place, you get fifty percent profit on the week. If he wins, then happy days. Um, 
The fact is, I don't think we're going to get 10 to 1 with 10 places each way. You might get 10 to 1 with 7, maybe, on, on Monday. Um, or 9 to 1 with 7, something like that. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. I'll, it'll be intriguing to see how he is priced in the final markets and what kind of stance some of the bookies make. Because mm. I I get the feeling some of the, uh, some of the tipsters will go down that kind of route and uh, just go very heavily top-end. Rory McIlroy, maybe a, um, a couple of players um, a bit further down the list in case that trend that Steve just read out is uh, continued and you kind of get the players who are uh, mid-priced who, who, who come through and actually win at the end of the day. There could still be some mental baggage there with Rory, you know, uh, not not necessarily from the um, events where he hasn't converted recently because I think the, the Players' Championship win will have um, galvanised him in that mm. respect. Um, but uh, but certainly with the chances that he's had at Augusta over the years and hasn't converted, so this is why it's always a challenge and why it's always an interesting uh, interesting thing to try and work out. Isn't you it? could probably say that this is the best form Rory's ever gone into Augusta with, in terms yeah. of consistency and you know skill sets across across his game. It's. Um, He's uh, yeah, he's got a great, great shot. Mm. Yeah, and I, I can't disagree. And you mentioned a minute ago the the um, kind of key stats that uh, that Steve's pulled out in his um, his uh, preview article, which is available on the site. And again, I think we could we could we can link to it from the uh, um, from the description. Yeah. Um, I'd broken the field down. I did a little bit of number crunching before we came on. So starting with the field as it is of 86 players. You've done my work for me. I don't need to do anything over the weekend now. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, give yeah. me the list then. Yeah, I'll get, you, I'll get you down to your final selection. Yeah, please. So if you start with 86, um, your first point in your preview was that um, you need to have some decent recent form. So since 20, 2011, every player, every winner had at least one top 10 finish in that season to date, so for, or that year to date. Yeah, so for American listeners, that doesn't need to be on the PGA Tour either. That could be on the European Tour, so bear that in mind. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so um, it could be across tours. So if you take the whole field and just filter out those players who haven't got a top 10 so far, and we talked about Tony Finn out. Um, he's one of the ones who drops out at this point. Patrick Reed, um, defending champion gone. Yeah, Webb Simpson, Alex Noren's not been playing particularly well, has he? Yeah. No. Nope. You, lo- you lose Jordan at this point. Carl Stanley, who um, um, has been playing some pretty poor stuff recently. Yeah. Isn't he? Danny, Danny Willett, who won the uh, DP World Tour Championship at the back end of last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot that uh, drop out at that point. How many so you, drop you, out? Cut, you cut yourself down to 51 at that point, so you lose okay. 35. Right, that's a good start. Get, um, get rid of anybody so, over 40. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get we'll get to that point right at the end, Barry, because that's <laughs> that's one of the subjective points, I think. Um, since 20, 2002, everyone who's won has been in the top 70 of the OWGR. So that locks off another three. Ch- uh, Charles Schwartz, or Adam Long, and Vijay Singh, who's who's been showing some good form, actually, Vijay, hasn't he? Um, now, you mentioned a second ago about the distance to apex. And if you go for top 75 distance to apex and top 75 in going for the green, yeah. and anyone who's not inside that mark... Um, gets dropped out at that point. So you lose people like Grace, Casey, Afi Barnett. Louis goes at that point. Uh, no, no. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, Francesco does go. Does go from yeah. the going going for green. Yeah. Tiger goes at this point. Louis goes. Barry, unfortunately, at this point. 
uh, Matt Kuchar goes at this point. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think Kuchar's going to be, be an interesting and a, quite a popular pick this week at 50 to 1. He is, uh, he is DraftKings chalk next week at $7,900. That is a bargain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Kevin Kisner's another one who caught the eye mm. with a very low DraftKings but um, As I value. said to you in the podcast this week, the difference with Kuchar is Kuchar knows how to get around this place if you look at his form. Yeah. Third in 2012, eighth, fifth, fourth in 2017. So even though he hasn't got the raw materials to win it, he's certainly got the raw materials to place or to uh, bring in a nice haul of DraftKings points. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, you know, again, if you've got 50 to 1 in 10 to places. One. 50 to 1 on Kuchar. Wow. It's mm. tempting. Go on. Indeed. Um, so you're down to 30 by the time you've taken out the, the, anyone who's not in the top 75 from distance to apex and going for green. Now, debutants we touched on. Um, I don't think a de- debutant's going to win this. And if we're looking for the winner, then you need to lose people like Keith Mitchell. Uh, Lucas Bergard, who played really well last week in the match play. Matt Wallace, who's, um, I, I think, at some point in his career, Matt Wallace is going to get very, very close to winning a uh, winning a major. Uh, Eddie Pepperell, you know, he, what was, it, was he second, third, fourth, wherever he finished at, players, the, uh, yeah. at, at the Open and, and, and the players, he did well, yeah. So and those guys disappear at that point. So you're down to 25. And then your killer stat, Steve, your, the killer stat that you've picked out, this par four... Birdie or better stat right now as it stands, you would lose anyone who's not in the top ten for par four birdie or better. That would lose Day, Zander, uh, Brooks Kepka, Bryson goes, DJ goes, Ram goes, Tommy Fleetwood goes, Bubba goes at this point, Sergio goes. Um, you lose a lot of big players at that point to leave a shortlist of just six players who fulfil all of the criteria up to this. Can we point. guess? Yes. You can guess. You go first, Steve. McElroy, McElroy, there's one. Yeah. You, Barry, your turn. Justin Thomas. Yeah. That's two out of two, boys. Uh, Ricky Fowler. Yep, three. Uh, Patrick Cantley. (laughs) Patrick Cantley is still in there at 80 to one. Four. Two, Two to go, boys. Justin Rose. Yeah, five. You've got to get a full, full house if you can get this one, Barry. Oh, this is tough. No, it's not. I'll give you a, I'll give you a, I'll give you a clue. It's, it's one of my favourites, isn't it? It's Gary Woodland. I'll, I'll no, no, no. Damn no. it. It's Phil, Mick- <laughs> it's Phil Mickelson. Yeah, let's say, think 40 plus. Phil Mickelson. There you go. That's so, you, so, the fi- so your winner of the Masters is in those six. So, yes, your final six, if you're going purely by the trends that we've identified so far, Reading down in terms of OWGR ranking right now, Justin Rose, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, Patrick Cantlay, and Phil now, Mickles. Did you say something about being in the top twenty OWGR? Yes. Now, if you're going to get very anal, anal. about we're, it, well, we're then... not anal in certain, <laughs> in certain respects. And the podcast just got marked explicit. <laughs> goal, goal for analysis. Then, Reed, um, Reed was twenty Pat- fourth last year. Yeah, it was. I mean, I've I've not dropped him off at that point because Cantlay's twenty first, um, Mickelson's twenty second right now. So you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna be absolutely rigid at drawing the line at twenty, yes, you could you get rid of those guys. If you're rigid about players that have got to be kind of this thirty four years or younger, then you'd lose Mickelson and Rose at this point. And um, if you're looking at players who've played four or more Masters, which has been a trend from fourteen of the last twenty Masters winners. 
you'd lose Justin Thomas and Patrick Cantlay. I mean, the only ones you can't drop out by anything that we've mentioned so far on this podcast are Rory McIlroy and Ricky Fowler. They're the only two that have fulfilled absolutely everything that we've discussed to this point. Well, you've made my life at the week. I'm going to phone the missus up, right? We're going to go and do this. We're going to go and have that meal. I've told her I'm working all weekend and you've just done all the work for me. Thank you. Or, or, you could, or you could pretend you're working remotely, go off and have a Steve weekend. Well, she is dragging me to all of these kids' uh, parties, which I've said I can't get to. So, yeah, maybe. Um, she doesn't listen to the podcast, nor should she. Um, yeah. But, you know, those that, that list isn't a million miles away from what I had in my head. Um, I, mm. I personally couldn't back Justin Thomas at the moment. I don't think he's playing well enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I tipped up Mickelson last year and he fell apart on, on Friday. Uh, I just And that leaves me with four there that you're going to have to really surgically go through. McElroy, Fowler, Rose and Cantley. I just, I struggle with a seven to one shot based upon what we know about the winning prices of players at this. Yeah. I don't think Rose is going to be at a backable price either, potentially. That's four to eight. Again, it's not going to be a massive amount above 14, is he, by the time we get to the final? It, you, you might get 16 or 18 with if you're willing to compromise and go down to five places in the quarter of the odds. With, uh, um, I with, think that's the only option. With Patrick Cantley, who I'm sure is garnering a lot of interest from listeners right now, my only downside with Cantley, and I don't know if this is a showstopper, in my mind, he's never done anything in a major championship. He's he's placed in um, World Golf Championships. Um, he placed uh, in Mexico this year, didn't he? Top seven or eight. Yeah. He, for me, he's never he's never felt the white heat of a major. This is great. Keep ruining him. Make nobody want to back him, Steve. Well, and, and and if you go well, you could say the same about Danny Willett because Danny had only had one appearance here, fifty first, blah blah blah. But Danny had been right in the heat of battle the previous year, if I remember correctly, at St Andrews at the Open. Was it wasn't he the thirty six hole leader or something like that? So that, you know, there's something in there that says, well, he had he did have major championship pressure experience, and I'm not sure Cantley's got that. Yeah, but you know, yeah. at sixty-six to one, who's who's to who really gives a shit? We might you might as well throw him in anyway at a point each way. He's, I've uh, always thought Cantley's the kind of guy player that likes he likes classic, classical golf courses, and he's a he's a pure ball striker, isn't he? And his scrambling this year is miles better than it has been. Miles better. So Cantley at the PGA Championship this year. Um, so the last major, he was twelfth going into the weekend. So that was probably his. It's, yeah, that's not too bad. He's, you know, he's felt think something. It, yeah, I think going back to um, going to back to Patrick Reed, he had produced his best major finish PGA. in the previous PGA Championship. So sometimes it's just that kind of comfort, isn't it? You know, getting yourself to a level where you know mentally you can. Um, you, you, you can put yourself in a position where you can contend with the with the top boys. I think you but can. Yeah. I think you can read certain players, and I remember when Justin Thomas won at Quail Hollow. Bearing in mind that Justin Thomas is a very Bermuda grass positive player and putter, um, at Firestone the week before he'd absolutely wiped the floor with it from tee to green. 
And, mm. and, and his finish wasn't brilliant. It was something like 28th. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. He was sixth for GIR that week. And I think he was something like top three for strokes gained tee to green the week before he won at the PGA. Yeah. You're just not seeing that from Thomas at the moment. He was 63rd for greens in regulation at the players a few weeks ago. And when Thomas is at the top of his game, he, you know, his his approach play is excellent. Mm. And he's scrambling. He was seventy almost seventieth for scrambling. Yeah. Nowhere near. So I'm struggling with Thomas. Yeah, and I can see that. I mean another point with um another another of those players, Justin Rose, is that um and again this is something you brought out in the preview, was that um other than Tiger Woods no one who's been ranked as world number one has um, converted the Masters this this century. Mm. Um, so Justin Rose, as, as I understand it, um, will go back to world number one as of the end of the the, uh, the Valero Texas Open. He's not playing and none of, none of the guys around him are playing. And due to the vagaries of the way that the OWGR works, um, I've read that he will be returning to world number one. So if he's going to win... Rose, then that needs to be a rather again trend kind of, being bucked. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's the best one in the world. Justin Rose isn't Tiger Woods in his pomp, but Tiger, uh, Justin Rose is playing some very, very good golf, and Justin Rose is putting better than um, I've ever seen him putt in his career right now. Mm. Can't, so argue, there's a chance, can't argue with that. No, if, and he's, if back, with, a he's to, back with Fooch. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's going to be. Um, He's got a big chance this week, Justin Rose. But yes, he has to overcome that. Um, yeah, what, what, what's the barrier? Is is well, you know, going, going as world number one. What does that really mean? Well, I said this you know, to you, you off mic this morning. This world number one scenario is at the at its most fluid, uh, fluid that it's ever been. Now we're having different yeah. world number ones. At, you know, this was from the middle of last year, wasn't it? You know, you're, you're having periods of very short world number one players in, you know, and it, and it's changing and it's moving all the time. You know, these these trends have to end eventually, don't they? And uh, does he walk in there going feeling? He's probably just going in there feeling, well, I'm, I'm playing very good golf, and this week I'm world number one. Next week, Dustin's going to be world number one. It could be Rory. It's very very close again, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know if that's a. I don't know if that's a mental scenario. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not convinced it's a reason to contemplate yeah. not including someone um, if you fancy him to win. Because um, I don't. Had he just become world number one, maybe. Um, but you know. Yeah, I know. I don't think so. What are your Stati- views on those six then, Barry? Um, Rory, Ricky, Cantley for me. And I, I've had Cantley in my head before this list, and I said it to you guys before the show, so um, I did have a, yeah, a leg up in, in, the, in, in the idea of that list. But he, across those things, he ticks a lot of boxes, and for, I mean, he might, he might be missing that little bit of a deep major experience in terms of going you know, deep in, the, in, in a particular major into the weekend, but at that price, if I can grab him at 66s with... Uh, a nice little chunk of like places, like say even eight places, that that makes me very happy to have him on my uh, on my book. Um, it's gonna be the the Rory one's a tough one. Um, like you said, if you can get the ten places ten to one, then it's you know happy days on un- un- unload the bank account. But it's you're not gonna get that in a million years. 
I know we're not going to get that in a million years. So, <laughs> you, so, you, might, you might get a sniff of eights, but I doubt yeah. you'll even get that. I'd, I'd, I wonder if you. I'd say. He'd I wonder be if you get ten. Yeah, I wonder if you get ten to one um, as a as a kind of Wednesday new, morning a new push cu- or a new customer buggies. offer or something. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah there'll be for a, a fiver, some offer out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yes, yeah, it won't, it won't be a, uh, as Barry said, it won't be a, a big bet because they would. Yeah, that's not the way those things work. You might I wonder if on Wednesday morning you might get a boost him on Ladbrokes to something approaching nine to one or something. Mm. Yeah, and last year um, William Hill did a series of super boosts for the Masters, mm. so it'll be interesting to see if they do that as well. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be it's going to be so competitive with the bookmakers that hopefully someone does take a stance on it and gives us a, an opportunity if that's that's the way we want to go. With it's it. a big risky one on Rory at the moment, uh, and I mean, so that kind of thinking about the seven to one, I go, well, maybe why don't I just go have a look at somebody who's a good bit longer, and um, you know, if he grabs a place, the place is going to be more valuable than Rory's win, and I also yes. have a chance of the win. So you know, there's one one guy who uh, one of my favourites. He uh, he's kind of gone off the boil a bit recently, but still. Still lands there, thereabouts, and a lot of those stats. Gary Woodland, mm. you know, um, and and he tends to show up in the majors. Well, he did it at the PGI, didn't he? Yeah, and he's sitting there. I can see him at eighty to one across a number of bookmakers. So you know, if I can, if I can find that eighty mm. to one, seven, eight places next week, that's very interesting. And Paul he'll said be, this with Reed. He'll be back a minute ago. Yeah, he said like. A lot of these players will go back to their last major as a positive experience, and Patrick Reed clearly did. There's no reason why mm. Gary, because Gary actually played that final round with um, Tiger, didn't he? When Tiger made yeah. the charge, and he didn't disgrace himself. I don't think he shot over par. I think he was one under par. He, he didn't fall away completely. No, and he's uh, he's shown more than enough around Augusta to make uh, to make me not question mm. that pick too much further, and. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he. So we can't lay in Woodland, and then I have a decision at the top of the market to make Rory or Ricky. And I'm going to try hold myself to a bit of a tighter crew this year, rather than spreading myself too thin, uh, and just get, get get the bets a little bit more weighty on a, a lesser amount of players. And sure, if they all tank, then uh, you know, we're, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's still Augusta. It's still uh, the Masters, and it's always it's enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Um, going back to the Facebook poll, I did ask a second poll earlier today, which was, um, who's the best bet at 100 to 1 or longer for the Masters? And the player who came out top for that, and there was only a tiny bit of 100 to 1 about him, actually, is Ian Poulter. He was head and shoulders above every other player who was um, put up as part of that poll. In terms of a long shot, and there is a little bit of a hundred to one. I suspect he probably will be the kind of player that does uh, does drift out a little bit. Um, so you, you probably find there will be hundreds of one more readily next week. But um, what do we think of Poulter's chances? Uh, <laughs> every t- every time I've tipped Poulter up, he's done nothing. <laughs> like he was in third p- third place at the players the other week, didn't he? And then all of a sudden, someone shouted something, and he. Shots eighty three. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, okay. I, I, I'm not the best person to ask about Poulter, but he's played Here, bloody good golf this season. Here's an angle. Yeah, he has been. Here's an angle. So he won the Valero last year, right? 
Yeah, Poulter did. Uh, no, he won the Shell Houston the week. Yeah, before. Shell Houston. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, yeah, the, yeah. the the week before this he week, wo- this week. Yeah, he won. He won to get into the Masters last year, and you guys are big fans of that kind of biorhythm, which you know, you know he's got that like time of year biorhythm. I won this time last year. Uh, my game's in a much better place now. I've had a great year. Ryder Cup, blah 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 blah, and you know it's a. Uh, if you can get him at a hundred to one, that is it's a fun one to have on side. He's also mm. seven thousand six hundred on DraftKings. There's there's worse value out there than that. I think that's yeah, a, that's, I, a I good, could, that's a good price for a for a team filler. Yeah, I think I think he I think he could out punch his um, out punch his price. Yeah, mm. um, other ones near the top of that list: Webb Simpson, um, Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell was popular. The Hao Tong Lee, who was um, who's quite heavily backed uh, last year on the back of this De- Dubai Desert Classic yeah. um, link. In fact, Poulter, going back to Poulter, he finished third at the, the Dubai Desert Classic this year. So um, perhaps people are picking up on that as being a um, a link. Uh, Matt, Fitz, uh, Matt Wallace was uh, second in that event, and he's also one of the more popular players who's been picked up on this uh, 100 to 1 poll. Just read you down the list as it stands Ian Poulter, Simpson, Keith Mitchell, Hao Tong Lee, Matt Fitzpatrick, Lucas Beregard, Matt Wallace, Rafa Cabrera, Bello are the top eight. Interesting stuff. But yes, I think you could tie yourself up in all sorts of knots with this, couldn't you? Because if you go down that Dubai Desert Classic route, you end up with Bryson DeChambeau's being your uh, being your Masters winner. Hmm. And we kind of go full circle in terms of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, and everybody is utterly confused, including us. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm, I'm not there sure. There we go. About, I'm not sure about DeChambeau. I'm really not. Mm. He's just not showing what you'd want him to be shown. Mm. Food for thought, gentlemen. Indeed. So our final preview in terms of your final selections will be, uh, as you say, Tuesday morning. So uh, that'll be the next time to to tune in to uh, see where we go with that. And I think by then we'll have had a... Um, a very good view on the uh, the DraftKings positions as well. So we'll put that second show together, uh, which will follow on shortly afterwards for those of you who are interested in um, getting your fancy golf for next week. Yeah, I think it will help that the bookies should have their markets properly sorted come Monday, you know, before we record. Mm. So you get a much better idea about what we can, uh, where you can jump around to. And, and you know, some prices might just uh, might just be irresistible. And others yeah. might, you know, the bottom might fall out of them. Indeed. I'll tell you what Indeed. I was thinking for this, chaps. Bearing in mind we're recording this uh, Wednesday, the week before the Masters. I was going to say, if, uh, if, if listeners have got any questions or points that they want to raise with us, why don't they send us a tweet? And we can select a few of them to actually um, to answer questions or discuss mm. uh, on next Tuesday's, mm. next Tuesday's podcast. Love us. Yeah. Good idea. Fire them over. So uh, I, I mentioned tweet. at the yeah I mentioned at the top of the show. So at golf at, at golf betting for Paul. Um, also me, I'm at Bamford Golf and and uh, Barry's at a good talk golf. So just tweets uh, if you've got any questions or points you want to raise. We'll select a few of them that are printable or readable, and we'll uh, we'll mention them in next week's Masters podcast, which is going to be a very busy show. 
I'm going to give you so. all the difficult questions, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yes, potentially. But no, if, you know, if someone says, oh, I've got 10 players, can you please choose one for me? Um, we'll say no, because when we make a humongous cock up, <laughs> you lose a lot of money on him. That isn't kind of where we're at, is it? Yeah, a, a, a tenfold first round uh, three ball accumulator, please. Yeah, the wins. They're easy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you for your time, gentlemen. Cheers, yeah, guys. Pleasure as always. And uh, we're really looking forward to next week's Masters. Clearly, as I said, if you've got any questions, anything you want to raise for next week's show, send us a tweet, and that'd be fantastic. Also, if you want your name and review. Uh, read at the start of next week's Masters show. Please leave a review and uh, leave your name in the review itself, and we will uh, we will read them out next week. Thank you for your time. Enjoy your uh, research and study over the next few days before the Masters, and we'll be back next week. Goodbye. <laughs>